Welcome to the Audacity to Persevere, a podcast owned by John Henry Sisters. I am your host, Dr. Tanya. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, certified executive coach, and certified equity, diversity, and inclusion practitioner. Every week on this podcast, we will share bite-sized goodies for the mind and spirit as you travel along this little road called life. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Tanya and her guests to this show. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical and or mental health questions. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of our utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect client confidentiality. This podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including to, but not limited to establishing standard of care in any legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-client relationship. By listening to this podcast, you are agreeing not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including to but not limited to patients that you yourself are treating. Consult your own provider for any medical and or mental health issues that you may be having. So let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to episode six of the Audacity to Persevere. I'm your host, Dr. Tanya. First off, I have to say thank you so much for the L-O-V-E. Just the outpouring of support. Uh, the podcast so far is uh, greatly appreciated um, and I am very humbled um, by the the support, the comments, um, the suggestions for what you would like to see in upcoming episodes. So keep it coming. Uh, today I want to briefly talk about something uh, stemming from a conversation I had with uh, with a peer. So um, I you know, have a very um, thriving private practice. And a lot of what I do, in addition to providing individual uh, psychotherapy, is provide consultations, uh, especially if there is a, a nexus between communities of color, in particular African-American communities, um, and mental health. Uh, and sometimes also, with respect to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And my peer and I, we were having a discussion regarding uh, essentially growth versus stagnation and how those two different ways of approaching uh, challenges can really say a lot with respect to uh, individual, as well as the organization's ability to really grow, advance, uh, and 
really strive towards the the highest possible um, self or business. And we were having a, a really good discussion and I shared with her that perhaps one of the more interesting uh, comments that I've heard, not necessarily from a previous or current client um, when it comes to these type of consultations, but just uh, since I've been doing this type of work is this concept of if it's not broken, then it doesn't need to be fixed. And I remember when I heard that comment, just really being surprised um, and feeling a little bit weird, frankly. And I, I wanted to kind of counter that narrative. And at the time, I, I did not because, frankly, I was at a loss for words. Um, this was kind of earlier on in, in my journey. And following this conversation I had with my my peer, uh, I, I, I'm at a place in my career now and my experiences where I feel comfortable countering that, that view of if it's not broke, then it doesn't need, uh, need to be fixed. And I would counter that and say that just because it's not broken doesn't mean that it really works either. And this is why. So when we talk about, for example, our own personal development, when we talk about our movement towards uh, self-actualization, and if you caught the last uh, episode, you will know what uh, what I refer to or what I mean by self-actualization. Um, so essentially our movement towards reaching our ideal selves, our movement towards um, continued uh, resilience and and growth, um, our movement towards progress. Generally, stagnation cannot or usually do not coexist with progress. And it's one thing when we talk about, for example, some aspects of uh, personal development. So, for example, if taking a nap when you are ir- uh, irritable, um, and where you recognize that you're so irritable that it's difficult to have any type of productive conversation. If having a nap works for you, rock on. Um, That might be okay if it's not broke, not necessarily to perhaps fix it at that point. However, let's say that you have a goal, a professional goal to get into a formal leadership position within your, uh, your organization you're not going to always be able to take that nap, right? So leadership, uh, first of all, let's be clear. Leadership is not everyone's ministry, as my elders would say. Uh, There's a difference between management and leadership. In in leadership, you're going to have people who say things and do things that may push your buttons. And buttons that you probably didn't even know existed until they actually get pushed. Um, And so taking a nap using that previous example, it's not always going to be an option for you. 
So in those types of cases, what are some things that you could possibly do in that moment, right? To be present, to not say or do anything that will amplify what may potentially uh, be already a, a tense situation. And when we're talking about moving towards progress, towards growth, it's really the recognition in some ways that what worked for you in the past may not really work for you in the here and now. Its utility may have expired or it will not likely be beneficial for where you strive to want to to move towards. And when we're talking about movement towards goals, generally that's a shift. It is generally a accumulation of skills and knowledge and abilities and experiences, etc., to help you reach those goals. And part of that is perhaps a refinement of, of ways of addressing problems, issues, your worldview. And so while it may not necessarily be broken, it may not still work if the work is geared towards growth and progress. So if we want to look at it from an organizational standpoint, sticking in the same place uh, without movement towards progress, without being more responsive versus reactive, uh, that can generally lead to some frustration among your workforce. It could possibly lead to some um, some management slash leaders because although there is a, a distinction between leaders and management, frankly, a lot of organizations use them interchangeably. So when you have persons who are charged with the stewardship of people, sometimes they may unconsciously stick to and remain comfortable with the status quo. Things we've we've always done it this way, right? How many times have you heard that? It's just what we do. And these persons may feel comfortable with that instead of continuing to push themselves to grow and develop themselves. And so sometimes that reluctance to do that on the individual level for members of the, the leadership or management cadre can get transferred into how they manage their, their people, how they steward their people. And what ends up happening is that innovation, creativity, problem solving, uh, retention of talent, acquiring and recognizing uh, talent for the company becomes compromised. So again, though what may be currently occurring may not be quote unquote broken, doesn't mean again that it's working and 
when leaders or managers um, operate from the standpoint of uh, let's not grow, essentially, let's stick with the comfort, let's stick with the known, the tried and true, uh, for some cases. When I hear leaders or managers make comments about really not growing, really not being responsive, about not seeing what's ahead and moving to preempt, if possible, some some problems to anticipate and enact, uh, I generally will be concerned if that unit, uh, that company, that they're probably not reaching their fullest potential. And generally, their employees may not really be happy. Uh, They may actually already have what we call that silent quitting taking place, which is people they haven't flat out resigned from the organization but they're not really vested they are there you get the bare minimum run me my money I'm out so that type of mentality while still likely looking for another place of employment and likely you're not getting the best out of Uh, out of those employees when frankly they're not vested and when an organization in a way communicates that they're not really vested in their own growth and really pushing themselves and um, continuing to, to move forward it's really not surprising that that could have an impact on the workforce And when you, let's say you work for a Fortune 500 company or just any type of organization where, uh, let's say it's very individualistic. We do still have a lot of that um, going on. Um, Very competitive organizations, high stress, high stakes. And generally these places may really attract high potential Um, high-performing, high-achievers, people who have a track record of just getting it done in spite of and knocking out the park each and every time. Uh, Even when they quote-unquote fail, they use it to springboard into something better. Working, even if that is your, your set point, if you will, going into an organization if your organization has the standpoint of if it's not broke um, then there's nothing to fix i.e. we're going to stick with the the same old same old and not really push ourselves to improve stagnation the longer an employee uh, stays there um, it wouldn't be unreasonable for that type of stagnation that risk adverse uh, reactivity versus responsiveness to kind of seep into how they engage with others. And 
generally that stagnation and these type of persons don't go well. And again, that silent quitting may be taking place uh, or they just flat out leave. And so when we go back to a personal level of, again, if it's, if it's not broke, <laughs> um, then there's no need to, to fix it. When again, it doesn't mean that it's working just because it's not broke. Just because it's not broke, does that, does that not mean that it can't be better? So let's talk about in terms of a relationship. So it's not uncommon where people are in a, a relationship doing the same thing over and over again, day in and day out, month after month, year after year. And for there to um, to not be uh, a decent level of uh, satisfaction within the relationship, you know, it wasn't broken. You know, it was the same old. I know what to expect. They know what to expect. And I'm just, you know, same way I engaged at 20 years old, I do at age 50. Now, some of you probably were like, what? Wait a minute. I, most people don't look at the world the same way at 50 that they did at 20. Yeah, generally, you probably don't, right? Because you've accumulated experiences. You've hopefully accumulated knowledge. Hopefully it's refined and shaped um, how you how you address problems, how you address issues. And so that's kind of the equivalent of that stagnation. And growth and progress and moving forward with respect to a relationship it's yeah it's not broken but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's working or that we want to stay there we want to continue to evolve we want to continue to move forward and it's for those you know many reasons why I generally give pause to this this uh, stance of if it's not broke uh, that we don't need to fix it. That's a pretty limited view. And frankly, it's not a view that I generally would um, would like to see or um, would hope to see in persons who uh, uh, communicate that they are committed to, um, to their to their growth and if they are demonstrate some type of humility and um, intentionality though the, the two generally don't fit well together um, and especially if they are charged with the stewardship of people within an organization you know generally leaders if we want to separate them from the managers they recognize generally that high talent, high caliber persons, there needs to be opportunities for the, those persons to flourish, to grow, to move forward, to consistently 
be in a position where they have opportunities to uh, to move forward, to refine uh, uh, business practices, for example, in their own personal development. And leaders generally who take the stance of what I'm really encouraging is, you know, if it's not broke, doesn't mean that it works, that we need to still push forward. They generally recognize that what worked five years, uh, five years ago, probably is not cutting it now. And 10 years from now, if we're doing the same thing that we're doing now, um, then we run the risk of being obsolete. So let's say you are working um, for an organization in which uh, we, you know, if it's not broke, it doesn't need to be fixed. If that's their model and you personally, you see yourself who is committed to your own professional development, your own personal development, uh, someone who desires to grow and to reach uh, their potential, I would put out there, you know, don't be surprised if at some point during your employment, uh, you start to notice a little bit of friction, uh, a little bit discomfort. And of course, there are different ways to to address the friction. So one option is you separate from the organization. You say, look, this relationship um, is no longer a, ma- a match. There's really not a fit in between where I desire to move towards professionally and personally and this this company and you move on. Uh, another option is you you take a step back um, or a few steps back with your own personal development and growth. Uh, you just kind of put your your knees to the side for a little bit and just say hey well there's nothing to fix and I'm just gonna come in do my job and who needs growth right and that doesn't really sound like a um, a, a, a healthy place to really engage from because we generally we know that we need mental stimulation um, that growth those opportunities and considering how much we tend to spend at our jobs that's a mighty fine chunk of time during the week that that movement towards that mental stimulation um, stimulation sorry and um, development is not quenched. So a third option is you still stick with your, your company and you find other ways to address your professional and personal growth. And that may work uh, because generally when you read some of the case studies, some of the literature when it comes to um career development at the end of the day your career 
is your own and your personal development is your own. And I would even push that even part of your, uh, a good chunk of your professional development is your own. And you have to, you know, this is what the, the third option is find ways to, to do your own growth and keep that brain active uh, for the duration of your your tenure with that organization for however long you um, you decide to stay uh, whether it's for the time being or you decide you're going to put some year uh, years into it but just be very intentional and disciplined and committed to again quenching that personal growth um and for some people that is what they do and that works and sometimes they may find that that's not enough um, that the the desire the hunger for growth uh, exceeds the the current operation or mindset or vision or whatever of the organization and frankly that's what we're seeing um, at least from more of the younger generations uh, in the workplace. Now, I'm a Gen X kid through and through, and I think each generation talks smack about each other generations. Um, and that's just, I, it's, you know, I think it's all done and, and fun and just. Um, but when I look at the, the Gen Ys and the Gen Zs, when I look at how we've raised our kids who are these younger generations, we taught them things that we probably were not taught ourselves or we had to watch from observation. Um, and essentially just being clear on their self, on their self-worth. And now I'm not saying it's perfect, you know, across the board, but generally I think we were intentional in teaching our, our kids to have a healthy, hopefully healthy sense of, of self-worth. Now, of course, some of that ventures for some people into um, the area of uh, kind of like that unhealthy um, type of narcissism. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about that we taught them to recognize when uh, something or some environments or some persons do not respect their their presence, their gifts, um, their contributions, and to have the option especially if you have the option to walk away, to move towards something that is more uh, reaffirming. And I think what I'm starting to recognize now is that not only did we teach our kids um, better when it when it came to that, but we absorb some of those lessons ourselves. 
And during the pandemic, for example, which we are still in a pandemic, um, during, you know, COVID, especially at the, the height, you saw a lot of uh, persons of color, especially uh, African-American, especially African-American women launch their own businesses. And COVID, it just really, I think, gave people a sense of really appreciating just how short um, life really is, how precious it is. And so those of us who raised our kids, we started to take a pause and step back and say, well, wait a minute now, am I in an environment where my worth is not being appreciated? Um, and so we kind of absorbed the lessons that we were teaching our, um, our young people and we recognize that we got to be committed to our own growth as well. And generally the younger generations, they're not going to stick around for 10, 15 years for a maybe you get five years at max uh, with some of the younger generations to really uh, demonstrate that they do belong, that their contributions will be respected, that they belong to something that is moving towards growth and doing better and moving instead of just remaining stagnant. And the younger generations, I think they're they're very clear that if something doesn't fit in alignment with their values, with their beliefs, if something does not, or is a workplace or a management, etc., if it doesn't treat them equitably, it's not inclusive, um, and not just them personally. Like uh, we have a the younger generations, they are very much looking at how their peers are being treated, um, especially peers who may be members of underrepresented groups. So if they recognize that, you know, those values uh, are not being uh, practiced, practiced in the, in the workplace, uh, then they say, you know what? Uh, message received, I'm out, deuces. And frankly, you see that in some organizations. You recognize, you start to see that the organizations that take on this growth, this thriving, uh, moving forward type mindset, um, they generally stay at the cutting edge. Um, They also have learned to balance helping to shape um, and mold and support people's professional development with also a sense of humility um, that they can learn as well. And when that doesn't take place, then things start to look really interesting, especially when people who've adopted uh, the same way of thinking and moving for however many years, well, it's time for them to retire and move on. But Hmm. The the bench strength probably don't look that great. 
um, because there was this kind of pervasive uh, culture of squashing or repressing uh, creativity or progress or movement or evolution. So again, just because it's not broke doesn't mean that it's working. So I challenge you to, you know, think about if you're operating from a place of stagnation and there may be periods where that's okay. Um, It's okay to take a, a beat, if you will, but be honest with yourself. If it doesn't feel okay, if it doesn't feel that's in alignment with what's healthy for you at that moment, ask yourself what's really behind that. Um, Is it you don't believe that you have other options before you? And for, for some of us, it may not necessarily be just a belief. It may be you really don't see or don't really have any viable options for you. Um, How can you, what are the things that you can do to craft or create those options, whether it's networking, whether it's um, frankly, sometimes we're our own, you know, um, biggest critics and whether reaching out to a mental health professional um, or if in some cases a coach, for example, could be beneficial, like a career coach to help you kind of craft what those options could really be for you. Um, Is it concern or fear about uh, being the, the first? Like no one's ever done it before. I need to kind of stick with what I know. All those things are viable options. And it's not necessarily whether it's wrong or right. It's about you getting real with yourself, getting honest. Um, If you are in a situation where your environment is stagnant and you, you want to grow, you want to flourish, what are the things that you can do to continue your growth, to take more ownership of that growth? I think a lot of times when I um, worked with not only clients in the in the past, but even my own mentees, for example, and when I look at my own career um, experiences, generally no organization more times than not, uh, no one will be as vested in your own growth and development as you. And so if we place that responsibility on an organization on others, I think uh, it generally doesn't work out well. I think it continues to be a kind of an unfulfilling um, relationship. So, you know, I, I think that it's very important to be clear on what's really driving the, the comfort with not movement. Um, and again, it doesn't mean 
it's right or wrong. It's really just operating from place of awareness and being intentional on what you do, if anything. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, COVID just really opened up a lot of people's eyes to the preciousness of life. And I, I personally, excuse me, um, know seven people who succumbed to uh, to COVID. Seven souls, seven beautiful people whom um, whose light will no longer grace uh, the physical plane anymore. And, you know, personally, I found myself just really just taking a beat for a minute and really examining where I am in terms of um, not only my professional uh, placement, but also personal and recognizing that when you look at the, the literature um, that that mental stimulation that movement towards uh, growth and development generally you don't reach an age where you're like yep that's it and there's no more growth without it coming um, at, potentially at a cost so again looking at this whole if it's not broke then it doesn't need to be fixed. Well, is that approach worth your light? Um, your light not reaching its fullest potential? Um, you Again, you may decide, yeah, it's worth it right now. But if not, what plan, what can you do whom are the support structures that you can fall upon or talk to to help you actualize and move towards um, that light? Uh, those of you, especially those of you who are in leadership positions or, or you're an entrepreneur, and I think entrepreneurs definitely fall into the leadership category. Um, so I really would encourage you to to really kind of take a look at that. Um, and if you are in a position of leadership or management or whatever um, within your organization and you operate from this, if it's not broke, then there's nothing to fix. I would encourage you just to revisit that again. Um, is that the same tune that, frankly, your employees are singing? Um, is the workplace environment safe enough for your employees to tell you that, well, actually, um, it is quite broken? Or, yeah, but we're not moving. Are you unintentionally limiting the growth of your, your organization the limiting the creativity of your employees because of frankly your own fears uh, your own limited vision and again that when I tell encourage people to get honest to sit with themselves um, that's not light work because sometimes uh, 
you may have the recognition that uh, you got some some areas that you need to work upon. And I think that's the case for everyone. But if you have a, um, an especially uh, sensitive um, response to feedback or to um, your kind of a high on that perfectionist um, scale, that can be a pretty significant pill to swallow. But just really looking at if your own comfort with stagnation, um, again, not meant to be judgmental, but if that is being projected onto those that you steward. Um, and ideally, you know, we all have those starting uh, spurts moment. Uh, hopefully it's temporary. Um, and if you recognize that this is where you are, you don't want to rock the boat, etc. You don't want to push things. Um, I would really, again, encourage you to rethink that. And what is there, frankly, for your employees to stay engaged then and to stick around? Um, at beyond your employees, um, will your company continue to matter after a few years of just this lack of movement? Um, most companies that I've had the, uh, the privilege of engaging with, um, generally they're already in that place of growth, right? They reached out to me. So that's already the first step. Um, and they're looking to, to quote like John Maxwell to go from good to great. They're saying, look, you know, we're doing, we're doing okay. We're doing good, but we can't stay here. Uh, we have to continue to grow and to evolve. And those are ones uh, that uh, more times than not, I find they have a pretty engaged workforce. Um, turnover tends to be pretty low. And those are the ones that if I had to kind of summarize it, recognize that while the, the product or profit or whatever is definitely important, um, extremely important, that you really can't have those to reach um, a, a high level of achievement and to be efficient and uh, quality if the people aren't taken care of. And part of taking care of people is recognizing that generally there's this pull towards growth. It is just something that is inherent um, in all of us. And most people recognize that just because it's not quote unquote broken doesn't mean that it can't be better. Just because it's not broken, again, doesn't mean that it works. So I, I leave you with a few questions. So where are you right now? Are you in a place of, if it's not broke, then there's nothing to fix? Does that apply across the board for you, if so? Or is it just in certain areas of your life? Um, are there certain situations or um, certain goals, so certain opportunities that you wanna go for, 
where if you're honest with yourself, you may recognize, yeah, although it's not broken, this this way of engaging probably is not going to help me get to the next step or probably doesn't serve me um, in the here and now as it did maybe a year ago, heck, maybe even a month ago. And for, for those of you who choose, who recognize that, um, yeah, just because it's not broke doesn't mean that it's working. What steps are you taking to improve, to advance, uh, to progress? What are those tangible actions and steps that you're taking to, to get there? Who are the folks in your corner helping you, cheering you on? On those days, those are the moments where it gets hard because it happens to all of us. I speak fondly. I have a very small, uh, intimate circle of folks who give me that boost when I hit those moments. Um, Who's going to help you nurture that soil so you can continue to bloom and go forward? So again, just because it's not broke doesn't mean that it works. So how are you approaching uh, challenges, situations, events from a place of stagnation or from a place of this is a path or a step to along my path towards that self-actualization that we talked about in the previous episode. So thank you for tuning in. If you have a topic you want uh, me to talk about, send me an email at johnhenrysisters at gmail.com. To learn more about John Henry's sisters, check out our website at www.johnhenrysisters.com. We're also on Facebook at uh, as John Henry's sisters, Instagram at Dr. Tanya underscore JHS, and Twitter at John Henry's sis. Until then, uh, until next time, be well and stay unapologetic. <laughs>